Show, a podcast about loving, living, and learning languages. Hi guys, my name is Kirsten Cable, and in today's episode, I have got a new Q&A question from a listener of The Fluent Show. Uh, before we get into that, I have got some announcements for you as well. First of all, I want to tell you, I went away last week. I went to Wales, and as you know, if you're a regular listener, I'm learning Welsh. I've been learning Welsh for two and a half years. I joined a classroom course, my first one, near Cardiff in a little town called Pontypreth, or Treforest, and yeah, I recorded something for you there, so I'll be working on that over the next week and hopefully we'll be having it ready for the next episode. Lindsay is currently traveling Eastern Asia where the internet is shaky, I think. Her internet's shaky over the next few weeks. So while I'm on my own, I decided to get inspired by how she does language stories, her own podcast. So I took the microphone out, recorded something for you in Wales. I don't want to give away too much yet, but I want to let you know that the show will be out in the feed as soon as I've got it ready. But since this is the first time I've done this, be aware there may be a few extra days in between. So don't worry. Next episode is definitely coming. Also, we have got so much new stuff to report. And the first notice is I want to tell you that we are now on three new online services. So you can listen to the Fluent Show anywhere and on any device and it gets a little bit easier for you hopefully. You can listen to us now on TuneIn Radio. We're new on there. It's by the way a great app for finding language, foreign language radio stations from all over the world. So that's TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio and Spotify. So if you listen to any of those services now you can just type in The Fluent Show, follow us and you'll always get the new episodes in that service as well. We also have a new sponsor. I'll tell you more a little bit later. How are you guys finding The Fluent Show so far? We've changed the name. We've got this new concept. I'm coming to you every week. I'm really enjoying hearing back from you and I would love to hear what you think of the show. You can do that, but you can do that by reviewing us, of course, on any of the usual services. Or if you prefer, you can also just tweet me and that is at The Fluent Show. Please do send me your questions, send me your ideas for the show so you can hear them on the show and I can keep making Q&A episodes. Today's question is from Shannon on Twitter. And sh that's not Shannon Kennedy, by the way, <laughs> but a different Shannon. And she asked me, for advice on how to get bilingual speakers of your native language and your target language to stick to the language that you're learning. In other words, imagine you are learning German, you meet your German friends, you might be familiar with this situation, <laughs> and you start talking to them and making this massive effort to speak in German and within two minutes they reply to you in English because... Lord knows why. Why do they do this? And how can you make them stop? You know, how can you get the conversation back to a space where you are feeling like you're you're getting a bit of language practice in? That's what I'm going to be covering today. Before I kick this off, I'd like to take a minute to tell you about our brand new podcast sponsor, first time sponsor, really pleased to have them on the show. And that is an app called Smart Cards. Plus, there are 
thousands of successful language learners who swear by using a spaced repetition approach. And you've heard it several times on the show. You've heard people mentioning things like Anki and learning new vocabulary through flashcards. And the idea of spaced repetition is that it will show you the words that you are most likely to forget next. And that's where Smart Cards Plus comes in. It's a digital flashcard app. Very well designed, very easy to use, and it knows which cards you need to study at the optimal intervals to add them to your long-term memory. This app tracks your progress over time. It's got some really cool graphs as well. So if you're a graph stats nerd, this is, this is a great one to use. It saves you study time by cutting out the words that you already know, and then it zooms in on helping you remember the ones that you can't remember yet. The app is so well designed. I've been using it for months and it's a flashcard app that I'm actually using because it really gets out of your way and just lets you get on with learning and studying. And you, so you can zoom in and out and do all of your flashcard revision for the day very quickly if you want, which is when it comes to flashcard, what I do want. There are lots of custom options that will satisfy your inner nerd. And if you've been into flashcards for a while, you can even play around with Smart Cards Plus and use your existing Anki and Quizlet decks. There's an importing feature that it was simple enough for me to use. So hopefully if you're an Anki person, you'll be able to use this and it retains your study history. So do give Smart Cards Plus a try. It is a cool, cool app to support the Fluent Show today. Go to www.smartcards.com plus and you want to write out the plus so that's smartcardsplus.com slash fluent you will get 25 card reviews for free every day and that rises to unlimited if you want to take a premium account and those are 7.99 in dollars per year that's not a lot of money and for you as a fluent show listener, Smart Cards Plus is offering a free trial month so you can spend a full 30 days taking advantage of this unlimited memory boosting flashcard fun. And that is really what to do. It's available on the iOS system at the moment. So if you've got an Apple phone, that's you're going to find it. But if you head to smartcardsplus.com slash fluent, you can get your free month and you can also tell them that I sent you and I'm very grateful to you for supporting our Fluent Show in that way. Now, back to Shannon's question, which was, how do I get people to stop speaking my language and get them to speak the target language? And this is in everyday conversations, of course. I uh, just want to give you a little side note. This is almost a companion episode to the recent show that we did with Jonathan Huggins and Lindsay was also there where we discussed language exchanges. So I've put that one in the show notes. And if you're interested in how to best interact with people in the context of practicing your target language so you get more speaking practice, then that is a really good one to check out as well. Now, the issue that I've just described is most common that problem is most common if you're a native English speaker. You're just much more likely to meet somebody who is learning English because everyone's learning English, let's face it. And you are one 
one in a dozen, really, you know, English speakers that they might meet who are actually learning the other person's language. So they're not really used to this. And even if you're not an English native speaker, even if it's not English, I think we've all experienced that problem where it's hard to get people to switch because one language is better, really, or one, one conversation partner tends to be a little bit higher level in that language. Now, before I go into how do we stop them from doing this, I wanted to dive in four reasons why this happens. Why do they do this? Reason number one, quite simply, they don't want to be rude. Most commonly, people will want to include you in their conversations, make you feel part of the group if you're speaking with a group, and they want to make this as easy as possible. So, for example, if your better language, if the more common and better spoken language in this group is English, and I'm probably going to refer to that one as English throughout this show, because I'm doing this show in English, so it's more likely that you're listening to me, you are an English speaker learning another language, or your English is quite strong. So let's just keep saying English for ease. So most commonly, they will want to include you in their conversations. And if everybody speaks English at the table, they want to make this as easy as possible, so they switch. In fact, some speakers may have even experienced a backlash for their language choices before, which makes them more careful. So this is situations where you live in a country where there is one dominant language. Say we're living in the UK and English is the dominant language. Society can imply that a minority language is undesirable to the speakers of the majority language. So I'm thinking a language that I speak with my German friend something like that and even if there is another German learner there I will have had backlash for speaking German in the past so I may want to address even a German learner in English first until I'm sure that they want me to speak German to them. Number two the other people may be prioritizing their own learning this does happen. Again, it's unusual to them, perhaps, that you want to learn their language and they've been wanting to practice their English for ages. So you're just the person that they've been looking for and they just they, they only see, at that point, they don't see your need as much as they might see their own. It happens. Number three, they're just busy. You may have chosen a person who just wants to get things done right now. If you are practicing a foreign language, we all know you are speaking slower. It might take you a few seconds between words. You are staring at the ceiling trying to remember how to say consider or you know words that, that are in the middle of your sentence. And you are just harder to understand. So as a learner communicating, you might be just hard work for them right now and they just thinking ain't nobody got time for that I'm out of here I'd, let's just speak English and get done get this over with number four they think here is somebody who's trying so hard and they're struggling and I just want to make their life easier language learning is an effort and if they see you working hard and looking up every other word they might just want to save you the effort and go do you know what let's just do this in English it's easier for all involved because not everybody understands that language learning has to involve awkwardness and conversations and not everybody understands that 
you are trying to do this outside of the designated classroom cube you know instead you're trying to go out into the world and practice your language and not everybody has experience with that so they might just switch because they they're feeling almost awkward on your behalf even though you're really trying and you want to work through the awkwardness so in all these situations when they're trying to be polite when they are prioritizing them, themselves and their, their language experience, when they are too busy, when they think you're struggling hard, there is a level of miscommunication happening. And here is what I believe you must accept when this happens. And I think this is accept in the sense of for peace of mind when you are speaking to somebody and they switch, they keep switching is number one, you cannot win them all. You can't, you can't win them all. They can't, they're not all going to do what, what you want. So in a way, it, I know this is difficult because the native speakers feel, it feels like they are so hard to come by. And especially in person, when we, on the internet, we can practice lots, but it's hard to meet them in person. But you can't win them all. You can't really always to someone what language choice or what what code to switch to at that person and I'm reminded of of something that that helps me as a general mindset when I think about rejection I read this book once about uh, selling and and salesmen it's called to sell is human by Daniel Pink I'll put it in the show notes if you ever want to I don't know become a salesperson or just learn more about this process and Daniel Pink describes rejection in the book as three things temporary specific and external so it's temporary as in they're saying no but they're saying no right now it's specific as in they're saying no but they're only saying no to this particular thing that you're proposing and number three is external in the sense of they're saying no but that's not on you they're saying no because there's something going on with them that, that they just can't aid you right now. And when I am feeling like somebody just isn't on the same page as me, I do th often think through temporary, specific, external, and it reminds me that there are plenty more opportunities to try and that there are plenty of other situations, even with this particular person, where it's all going to work out. Another thing to accept is that you've got to be persistent. This issue will not be resolved even when you get to the higher levels in your language because it isn't just this reflection of you. It's always about the other speaker and about where they are at. So being persistent can mean just insisting and plowing on in, in German, plowing on in, in Welsh, plowing on in your target language, no matter what they do. That is one way of doing it. They can reply in English. Doesn't mean you have to reply in English. And if you can be in a good humored interaction where this is where this is tolerated and you can read their body language and see that they're not getting angry, then I say go for it. But also this can this persistence persistence <laughs> can be about you preparing more you preparing perhaps a a topic where they're going to be comfortable or you coming into coming into a topic where you know that they will want to speak a lot and they may 
not want to speak in English because it is specialist and you say, look, just tell me about this in your native language and just let them go on for three minutes so that you then you and then make an internal note, you know, try and go in about the interaction in a different way. And here is number three. And this is, again, something we just got to accept. You may need to hunt down a person who is the right person, the right partner for you, especially in the early stages, this might be a tutor. Because a tutor is a person that you pay because you want somebody to be there to entirely prioritize your learning. Like I said before, the other person has their own objectives of what they want to get out of a conversation quite often, but a tutor is is meant to prioritize you, focus on you, not just correct you, but just give you that that space that you need. So either way, it doesn't have to be that, but you may need to just hunt down that that person who is right. So it's not, it's just not you can't win them all. It's not going to work on everybody. However, okay. So you, I hope you're still with me, Shannon. I hope you haven't side in frustration yet because there are things that you can try that you can try to get that language practice in the real life outside the classroom perhaps even with somebody who is is new to you so i have five tips here I'll rattle through them tip number one seek out a group so when other people are a bunch of native speakers of your of your target language and they have a common language of interaction with each other they are less likely to switch completely away from that language they may go bilingual and sort of slip in and out i personally i'm a big fan of bilingual so i don't think that's a big that doesn't in in my personal opinion my personal preference I prefer that to the kind of full-on immersion. You don't understand anything. However, it's you just you know it it might just happen. However, it happens, but they're much less likely to switch away from their from your target language completely from their native language because that's how they interact with each other. You don't have to fully formed interact with the group the first time you meet them either. You can eavesdrop. You can join a meeting. You can go to a political rally, if that's your thing. You can simply go out for drinks and let them know that you will try to stay in their language no matter what. Perhaps you might even learn a phrase to say to them, to say, I'll stay in your language. You can switch to English if if you notice I don't know what I'm doing at all. But I'm staying at where I am. So what helps here is, number one, this, this sense of the group where they are much less likely to completely switch to English. And number two, communication. So if you are planning to interact with them, you can kind of say beforehand, let them know, but they won't feel the full weight of looking after you on their shoulders, for lack of a better expression. Number two, set up a clear language exchange or ask somebody for temporary support such as being 100% in their native language for 20 minutes and then you can switch and then it's all good right so if you take the pressure of them to do this work do all this extra work that they would have to do with somebody who doesn't speak their language as well 
and you just say, look, we're just going to do this for 10 minutes. Please help me out. I would be so grateful. It's going to be so much fun for both of us. And then I'll buy you a, a I'm trying to think of non-alcoholic things. <laughs> and then I'll buy you a, <laughs> a mocktail. <laughs> I'll buy you a beer. That's what I would do. So if you can kind of take the pressure off, if it's a friend and just say, look, let's just do this for 10 minutes, please, please, please. And then I'm done. And then we can completely do English. That works. And if they notice, it's actually fine. Once they get more comfortable, they may not switch back as quickly. The other point really is set up a clear language exchange. And for that, you you really, you've got lots of options, but I recommend, Shannon, check out that second podcast episode that I've put in the show notes if you have not already. Uh, Jonathan and Lindsay had fantastic tips for language exchanges. Tip number three, and this is a this is a classic one. I think this one is great for service interactions and shorter ones, for travel when you're talking to your in-laws. Um, not really one for going into depth, but the tip is improve your local flair. So if you are regularly frustrated because you can't even seem to keep somebody in the target language for two minutes for some small talk then you get a lot of improving your language skill, get a lot out of improving your language skill so you can fake it till you make it. And there are two great ways to do this. Number one is to learn stock phrases. If you happen to be a German learner, I have got a little guide to German that's got stock phrases in and you can get it for free. So it's another thing I'm going to put in the show notes. But in any language, so if you're learning something like... Oh, by the way, da da da. Or if you're just learning things like, what was that? I didn't understand. Say that again. Or what does mean and, you know, say an English word. So anything like that. And fillers, standard constructions. Not only do you feel more confident using them, but you will also get a lot out of recognizing those because they're not classic textbook stuff. Number two polish and work really hard on your pronunciation. Pronunciation, doing that bit well, increases your confidence, helps you when you're learning a new word in a conversation and they say a word, it helps you repeat it correctly, it helps you write it down correctly and it just all around makes you a better speaker. So I'm a big fan of improving your pronunciation. I do this very, very early, sort of from the start. You want to tune your ear to that language and that's not just accomplished, or I believe that's not accomplished necessarily through like listening to three hours of podcasts where you don't understand a word, but it, you have to actually study the pronunciation. I think that's a really, really helpful thing to do. Not lastly, because it just makes you feel like you know better. So, so far, to recap, we have got three things you can try. Number one, seek out a group. Number two, set up a clear language exchange. So, communicate compromise you know just make it clear before you start what you want number three improve your local flair your pronunciation your stock phrases you know make sure you sound as local as you can number four wait wait until you're more confident and a little faster this is i know this is the opposite of of a speak from day one advice but speak from day one doesn't work for everybody and I just want to remind you that if, if you're finding that, that something like that doesn't work for you, you are going to get there. 
And until you then, until then, if there is a person who keeps switching away from your target language and making you feel like you suck, then that is just not the right person to practice with and you want to find a different person. I want to say again, a tutor will not do that as easily. A tutor will not do that at all if you don't want them to because that is a person who is de designing the lessons around you. But your your bus driver who you see every week in your in your target country or I don't know, your 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 nanny or somebody like that who just wants an interaction to just get done with and you you end up feeling rubbish, that isn't the right person to talk to. I would not necessarily persist with that because that's not fair on the other person either. So Easy thing to do is wait until you're more confident and a little faster and just improve your speaking skill in lots of other ways. And I will probably do an episode soon. I'm going to make a note to do an episode about speaking skills soon. There's lots and lots of tips and I'll see what I can find and put some in the show notes for you. Okay, number five. This is my favorite. Go with it. Think Bilingual conversation, not, oh, I've lost the battle. Make it fluid, make it go back and forth. Try and be as persistent as you can, but think that going bilingual or throwing your target language into the interaction, why not? Why not? There's no rule that says when you're a language learner, you have to entirely, entirely function in your target language right from the first minute. And... I I personally get a lot out of just trying as much as I can, but allowing myself to switch back for a little bit, take that little mental breather and then go for it again. So maybe you can mix it up as well. Shannon, I hope that these tips and these thoughts have given you some perspective and some really helpful advice on how to move forward if you continue to get frustrated I really think it's worth investigating a dedicated language exchange or as I mentioned before a tutor and I'm going to put some extra information in the show notes so that you can help yourself to whatever you need from tips from all around the web so guys let me give another little shout out to the smart cards plus app which you can get on your iPhone and do check out smartcardsplus.com slash fluent. And if you are a listener who is listening to us now on Spotify, on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio, shout out high five to you. Say hi to me on Twitter because I'm really, really excited that I can now come to you through all those different channels and ways and means. That's it from me for this week. And as always, I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. You can email me, that is kirsten at fluentlanguage.co.uk and fluentlanguage.co.uk is also my home on the internet. You can find a page for this podcast, you can find regular blog articles and tips and a big archive for language learning and also more information about my courses. You can tweet us at The Fluent Show 